Hi, welcome back to another episode of Let's Read Out. First and foremost, thank you so much to all my listeners and all the downloads and the case submissions. I am very grateful for your hard work and enthusiasm, and I can't wait to get started on some of those case submission recording episodes and getting those out for new cases of the week. Match day is right around the corner, and I know that with the excitement and the envelope opening, the emotions of nervousness, anxiety, the oh my goodness, I'm going to be a radiology resident starts to kick in. So to help me with this episode, we have medical student producer of Let's Read Out, rising doctor Andrew Nguyen, who has some great questions for our amazing panel of attendings for another advice episode of Let's Read Out. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Hey, everyone. My name is Andrew Nguyen, and I'm currently a fourth-year medical student. Thanks for having me back on for another episode. I'm hoping to do a transitional year next year, and I wanted to get some advice about transitioning to radiology residency. My first question is, what should residents know before starting their radiology residency? Andrew, that is a great question. I still look back and have such fond memories of my intern year. I think it was fantastic for starting to develop those professional relationships. In fact, I still have really close friends and contacts from that year. And um, whenever I have a, a question, sometimes not in the field of radiology, I still reach out to those individuals who are now in dermatology and anesthesia. So definitely make the most of that year in terms of already starting to build your network of other physicians who are not in radiology. It is certainly a busy year, and I would say just really dive into them if you're doing a medicine year or versus a surgery year. Really dive in, take care of your patients, know your patients well, inside and out, and just start to learn the management clinically of these patients. The radiology will come. You will have a lot of time in radiology residency. And so really focus on, you know, why is that chest tube in place? What are the chest tube settings? Um, Really getting to know why is that surgery being performed? Why are we doing that consult to GI? So I think really having a solid foundation, this is going to be the only year that you're going to be with your medicine colleagues or your surgery colleagues. So really make the most of that. And and the radiology will will come with time. And so our first guest uh, is no stranger to the show either, Dr. Chris Bolio, Vice Chair of Education at Stanford, specifically in the Department of Radiology. Hi, it's Chris Bolio from Stanford Radiology, and uh, happy to be with you today. I think what I often tell the residents when they when they come in, uh, and it's just as well to know this before they start, is that radiology is uh, is a different um, beast than like medical school for sure. I mean that's obvious, but but what I'm getting at is the the first year of residency and especially the first six months can be really challenging because what happens is you'll get put onto a certain rotation. And let's just say you start on chest and that first few weeks or a month, you'll learn a lot about chest radiology and you start to feel pretty good about yourself towards the end. 
but then you switch to body CT and you start from scratch again and you actually really don't know a whole lot about body CT and then after a few weeks you're feeling pretty good and then you switch to neuro and you know nothing again and then you build it up and so you get into this cycle where you know you're learning a lot but you're learning in different specialties that are you know not a lot of overlap except the modalities and so it can be really kind of demoralizing this kind of the first year resident syndrome but but the good news is, is what happens over time is you kind of gradually accumulate knowledge that, that sticks. And so after, let's say, six months or something, you're feeling like better on average that, oh, yeah, I'm actually accumulating good knowledge about a whole bunch of different things. So I think that's my main point is just don't, don't worry about feeling a bit demoralized in the first several months. Hello, I am Mark Willis, and I am the Associate Chair for Quality Improvement in the Department of Radiology at Stanford University. I think one of the most important things to know is that you're not expected to know very much about radiology up front. Your first year of residency every single month is like starting over and just when you start to get comfortable and feel like you're starting to kind of get in your groove, then you switch to something new and you start all over and it feels like you don't know anything and it's like a fire hose in the face type of, of a feeling. So, you know, just know that up front and when you're faced with that, just don't let it get you down. Hi everyone, my name is Preeti Raghu and I'm an assistant professor of radiology in abdominal imaging and ultrasound at UCSF and VSFG. Um, and I'm also director of well-being and diversity, equity, inclusion as part of VSFG radiology. And thanks so much for having me. So before starting radiology residency, regardless of what type of training that residents get in their intern year, whether it's medicine or surgery or a transitional year, I think the preparation before radiology residency is a bit counterintuitive. I would actually advise people not to be studying radiology during their intern year. I would say the purpose of your intern year is really to learn about anatomy, physiology, learn about the clinical and surgical management. So really just do a great job with your day-to-day -day as an intern. Um, but when you can, when time permits, try to look at the scans on your patients. It'll just kind of integrate that into your workday. And I knew as an intern, I didn't have much of an idea what I was looking at on those scans because I didn't yet have my radiology training. So don't be afraid to just call the read room, come by the read room. And I think it really gives you a better idea of how your future job is going to fit into a clinical or surgical management of a patient. And I think the, the reason I, I say, you know, don't focus too much on learning radiology before residency is because radiology is just kind of like learning a whole new language. So, and residency is like your immersion course, essentially. So uh, it's going to be hard, you know, you can learn a few words here and there, but it really won't make sense until you're really immersed in residency. So I would really not stress about you know, learning radiology ahead of time or, or reading up in addition to your intern year duties. I think the most useful things I have learned from my intern year are what does the clinician want to know or what does the surgeon want to know? And so it really tells you where their decision tree is so you can give them the information that they need. So you can tell them, hey, there's free air or this, there's bowel perforation. And so you're not sweating about some of these other 
uh, non-urgent details because you know what it is on the scan that makes them take that next step. So I think that's really, uh, that clinical acumen is really uh, the best thing to uh, hone before starting radiology residency. Hello, my name is Dr. Lu Yaoshen. I'm a clinical assistant professor at the Stanford University Department of Radiology, Body Imaging. So radiology, this subspecialty is very different than internal medicine or surgery because your experience during inter-year internship will probably be very different than being a radiology resident. So after your internship, you'll feel like very able, very capable of caring for patients, carry a senses of patients on the team, and you feel very capable of managing clinical aspects for patients. However, then you transition into a radiology residency where all of a sudden you feel like you know nothing and that is very normal feeling because the art of radiology is, is very different and you have to learn from almost ground zero once you walk into a radiology residency versus staying on in internal medicine or surgery that has more of the clinical aspects. So your first year as a radiology resident is going to be feel very unhappy, very unfulfilled, and you just feel like you know nothing. And that is fine. And I was not very happy too as a first year radiology resident, but you just gotta stick with it. Even though you might not see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you will get there after one year of experience and somehow you will know and you will learn radiology if you put the work into it. So just make it through and at the beginning of the second year when you start taking calls, you have finished all the core rotations one time, then you feel that, oh, finally I'm understanding radiology. You're starting putting things together, put the findings together to make um, a good impression point. When you're on call, you start making good calls and of course you will make mistakes and that is all normal. So second year, you're gonna feel like you know stuff but then it's hard because you're taking calls and you have to learn more pathology on top of the normal stuff that you just learned. And it's okay. And you're gonna feel like you know stuff now, but again, more responsibility is gonna make things harder as well. Then third and fourth year, you know, there's board studying, there's the stress that you have to pass your board and oh my goodness, you have to choose a fellowship or where you're gonna go next. So it's gonna be a different stress every year and different responsibility and different things you have to work on every year. And that is okay. So just do what you're supposed to do at that time and trust that your training will make you a good radiology resident if you put the work to it. Thank you. And last but certainly not least is Dr. Dolores Pretorius, who is a professor emeritus at University of California, San Diego. My name is uh, Dolores Pretorius, and I am a professor emeritus at the University of California, San Diego. And just to repeat the question for our final panelist, what should residents know before starting their radiology residency? That they need to find out what are the best websites and books that the residents use at the institution they will be attending. During their first year, they need to call ahead on every rotation and ask the resident who's on that rotation 
uh, before them for tips and reading material for that rotation. On our rotation, the ultrasound rotation at UCSD, we had a document of ultrasound pearls that were incredibly helpful for the new residents and old residents returning to our service to know how we were dictating cases and what the important numbers were. Residents, these residents need to read for at least four hours to prep for each rotation the weekend before they start a new rotation. And they need to read one to two hours, five nights a week. This is how they're going to be a good resident and a great radiologist in the end. Thank you so much for those excellent answers. That's really helpful. My next question is, what do you think differentiates between a good resident and a great resident. Yeah, this is Chris Bolio from Stanford University. So, so to me, the difference between a, a good resident and a great one is, I mean, I think it really comes down to the intrinsic motivation of the of the resident to learn a lot, right? And hopefully, everybody that gets to this level knows a lot, and they've they've succeeded because they're a self starter and and. Uh, you know, wanting to learn a lot, but you can you can definitely tell when people are supplementing what they're learning in the reading room by working hard at it um, outside the reading room, whether that's you know reading books or taking cases or videos or whatever. So so that's where I think it ends up differentiating between the people that are kind of get getting by and like you know I don't want to say aiming for mediocrity, but they maybe ending up being mediocre because they're not working as hard as the other people. Um, the other, another aspect of that is I know that the, the best trainees I've ever had will ask me questions that I actually find challenging for myself and, um, you know, makes me a little bit uncomfortable at times, but I realize I don't know everything, but it's just, it's super, um, kind of exciting in some ways to have people be so engaged in the topic that they actually want to kind of challenge my own knowledge base. And Mark, your thoughts? Great question. So I think that what differentiates an exceptional resident from a good resident are a couple things. One is I think that a exceptional resident sees an interesting case and then on that same day they'll go and read about that topic and really learn in deep detail everything they can about it. So it's really kind of a thirst for knowledge. And also, too, I think that exceptional residents are constantly seeking to see more cases um, in a given day. So if there's any downtime or if things are a little bit slow on a given day, they're just trying to do everything they can to see more cases, even if it means going through teaching files to supplement. But they constantly are looking for more and more cases. And Dr. Raghu, your two cents. The difference between a good resident and a great resident, uh, I think a good resident does the basics, the uh, good reports, being punctual, being professional, answering calls, etc. cetera. Uh, but what I've really noticed with great residents is that they really take it to the next level. And what I really mean by that is that they're really driven. So they have goals for what they want to learn that week. Uh, they read up on cases that they've seen and they come back and ask questions if they don't understand what they've read or they want me to show them on the images what it is that they've read about. Uh, and I think in general, a great resident is someone who doesn't just do good reports, but is really meticulous 
And I don't mean just catching typos and things like that. I mean, they really dig into the older priors, the outside priors. They look back at when the patient first presented and learn from, okay, this is how the disease first looks on imaging. And so they're using every single little opportunity during the day to learn. Uh, and it's also someone who is engaged. So regardless of which uh, level they are in residency, they ask questions. Um, they want to try picking up that tough case on the list, that multi-phase liver, you know, something they've never read before, uh, or they want to try and go in with you on a new procedure. Uh, and that really takes courage. It's not something that comes easily uh, as a resident or even as an attending. So I think that just that interest, that engagement really makes everyone want to teach you and want to share those pearls. Um, and I think finally, uh, towards the end of residency, a great resident is someone who is not afraid to be independent. So they not only just you know answer calls and things like that, but they really take charge of the service and they run it. Um, and they are able to answer things that they know about, but they're also uh, confident in reaching out and asking us when they need help. Uh, so I think all of those things really are what elevates someone to being a, a great and really memorable resident. Dr. Shen, your thoughts? So a good resident shows up on time, does his work, his or her work, and read the appropriate textbooks um, at home to supplement the knowledge that he or she learns during the day. And when their list is long, um, a good resident helps out the list while the fellows or their attendings help clean the list and just shows up and does what he or she is supposed to. But a great resident, um, you know, not only does the above things, but also feels responsible for the amount of work there is to share between the fellows, the residents, and the attendings. It's that personal and professional responsibility, I think, differentiates a great resident from a good resident. Of course, he or she also reads textbooks at home, um, learns on a daily basis, shows up on time. But when there is a lot work that needs to be done clinically, a great resident will pick up a lot of weight to help out the section. And that professional responsibility as a team player, I think really differentiates a great resident from just the good resident. And our final panelist, Dr. Pretorius. I think it is someone who understands that they are already functioning as a doctor, as a resident, and that their interpretation slash work impacts patients today. If they don't know enough, patients suffer. If they work hard, read, and constantly strive to learn and know as much as they can about cases, they will help patients now and in the future. You have to put in the time to learn. You cannot do it all on the job. You have to put in time studying. Those were some excellent answers from our amazing panel. I think just to wrap up with my own two cents of what makes a good versus great resident, and in my brief experience so far, I think 
an amazing resident shows that extra level of enthusiasm and just makes it so much more fun to teach and be engaged with you as well. And I know that when, uh, if there's a question or a concern about the case, I really love when the trainee will text me a follow-up or, you know, shoot me a question or really challenges my learning as well. I think Chris said the same thing. It keeps us on our toes, and I think that's what makes a great resident is just having, uh, it's just a fun experience for both parties. Thank you again to our fantastic panel of attendings as well as Rising Dr. Andrew Nguyen for asking some brave but really important questions. If anyone else has some questions before starting residency, please don't hesitate to reach out and shoot me those questions and maybe we can do a follow-up episode for a part two Ask Ask the Attending episode. Thank you again to our wonderful panel, Dr. Chris Bolio, Dr. Mark Willis, Dr. Preeti Raghu, Dr. Luau Shen, and Dr. Dolores Pretorius for their insightful answers. (laughs) 